This is the ninth Friday of 2023, leaving 43 left to go. What will happen on each of those days, as well as the other days that will happen in between? Perhaps there is too much to write down each day and no way to capture it all. Perhaps the effort should be made anyway. After all, this is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I'm the host and producer, Sean Tubbs. On today's String of Beads, a committee of the University of Virginia's Board of Visitors approves concepts for the new Biotechnology Institute at Fontaine Research Park. Three members of the Board of Supervisors in Albemarle County memorialized the late Ken Boyd. The University of Virginia's Sustainability Committee hands out leadership awards. Locally produced podcast Stitch Please is up for a national podcast award. And Albemarle supervisors agree to proceed with a test of a car-free Freebridge Lane. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, since the very beginning of this newsletter, one Patreon supporter who has been here since July of 2020 has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. We are now so close to the end of winter, and if you are looking forward to the spring, this is the time to learn about what you need to plan to attract pollinators who will keep native species going. To learn more, visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. The University of Virginia's Board of Visitors is meeting this week for one of their quarterly events. Members of the Buildings and Grounds Committee were shown design concepts for several future developments. Alice Rocher is the University of Virginia architect. The first three concept site design guidelines coming for your approval are at Fontaine Park and in support of the Manning Institute for Biotechnology. Paul and Diane Manning donated $100 million to UVA for the Institute, which will be built on what is now a surface parking lot at Fontaine and next to existing buildings used for biotechnology research. This is part of a master plan adopted by the Board of Visitors in September of 2018. Uh, the current parking upon which the building will be built will be replaced by new structured parking, and the green lawn above the below-grade vivarium helps to form one of the research neighborhoods that was part of the master plan. The new parking garage will be along Fontaine Avenue and will also support other UVA facilities elsewhere in the community with an easily accessible transit stop. So this will also enable the parking garage to be used as an intercept location for commuters to the medical center. Rauscher also sought approval for a new central energy plant at Fontaine, which will help UVA meet sustainability goals. The energy plant will be served by geothermal wells, which will be drilled underneath surface parking areas and roadways. Rocher will come back to the Buildings and Grounds Committee with a schematic plan for the three new buildings in September. Now, yesterday's newsletter focused on the approval of 525 units on Old Ivy Road on land not controlled by the University of Virginia. 
The Buildings and Grounds Committee also learned of a concept design for the expansion of the Center for Politics, which operates out of the historic Montesano building, nestled within the Ivy Gardens apartment complex. The design would also incorporate a new road that will connect with Leonard Sandridge Drive as part of the overall redevelopment plans for Ivy Gardens. So currently, the access to Montesano is via Crestwood Drive, which comes off of Old Ivy Road, and it's a shared road. It's really owned by University Village. Um, you know, there's a commitment if we are, when we build this that we would build a new road that connects Montesano to Leonard Sandridge Drive. A reminder that UVA does not have to submit any of its plans for review by either Albemarle County or Charlottesville. There is a three-party agreement from 1986 that is intended to govern planning issues. Because you're listening to the podcast, I'll repeat what I said yesterday. How well is it holding up? The Ivy Gardens Master Plan also features a future central green that would feature the Center for Politics at one end and the Miller Center at another. In other business, the Buildings and Grounds Committee agreed to approve the demolition of a shed at Zemer Hall that has been used for communications equipment, as well as townhouses at the College of Wise that have been unoccupied for 10 years. The Buildings and Grounds Committee also signed off on new names for several future buildings and amenities. The new hotel at Darden will be officially named the Frank M. Sands Sr. and Marjorie R. Sands Hotel at the Darden and Conference Center for Lifelong Learning. The hotel will be marketed as the Forum Hotel and will be run by Clinton Hotels and Restaurants. Several places at the new hotel will be named for the Alltech Stislinger Foundation, including a bar and lobby, a bar terrace, a second terrace, and a rooftop terrace. The new Arboretum at Darden will have a bridge that was to have been named after a pair of donors. Now, they would like it to be named the Connection Bridge. Another structural walkway that will span the central pond in that Arboretum will be named the Carl Mason Franklin Footbridge. More from the University of Virginia's Board of Visitors in a future installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. In late February, this newsletter reported the death of Kenneth C. Boyd, a three-term representative for the Rivanna District on the Albemarle Board of Supervisors. Boyd was elected in 2003 after having been a member of the school board for the four years prior. He left the board at the end of 2015. Sometimes that seems like a lifetime ago, as so much has changed in this community, the country, and the world. At their meeting on March 1st, 2023, the current members of the Board of Supervisors who knew Boyd had some recollections. Supervisor Ned Galloway said he first got involved with local politics in 2009 when he had an unsuccessful run for the school board. As I began to engage, I remember all of the players that were there at the time. And, um, you know, I eventually I became elected to the school board in 2011. And um, I have to say that all of my interactions with Ken Boyd, um, even though from a political standpoint, on very different ends of the spectrum, um, but he always treated me with dignity and respect. Supervisor Diantha McKeel served four terms on the school board before her election to the Board of Supervisors in 2013. She served with Boyd during his term. The one topic that I would say Ken would really be happy about right now if he was in this community is our work around economic development. 
that was one of the the because at that time when I was serving with him, we didn't have an office of economic development like we do now. We didn't have a focus on economic development. And I think it was a frustrating that he was frustrated about that often. Supervisor Ann Malik also had recollections of Boyd. She was first elected in 2007. He and I did not always agree. Uh, I think that would be fair. But he also was very careful to explain exactly what the reasons were why he felt a certain way. Malik recalled her first year on the board in 2008 and going through the large budget document. She said Boyd was chair at the time and answered all of her questions about the process. He was always very thoughtful and very helpful. And um, I would say that the the 2010 to 2014 board was collegial, even though we did not agree. There was no bitterness, no no um, semblance of, of uh, any kind of irritation. Plenty of debate. And that's good. A memorial service to Boyd's life will be held in Southport, North Carolina, on March 18th. A University of Virginia that promotes environmental issues has honored the chair of Albemarle County's Natural Heritage Committee. The UVA Sustainability Committee has given a 2022 Sustainability Leadership Award to Christine Hirsch Putnam for her work in the community. Albemarle Supervisor Jim Andrews recognized the recognition on Wednesday. She is described as a super citizen. She co-chairs the county's Solid Waste Alternatives Advisory Committee, leads its Outreach, Communications, and Education Subcommittee. She chairs the county's Natural Heritage Committee and the Education Workshop. Uh, in the young and old, as this announcement reads, Christine is a subtle genius at inspiring sustainable habits in Albemarle County. She not only sows the seeds of inspiration as a leader of these committees, but also waters them day after day with her time and energy. Cultivate Charlottesville also won a community award. Here is a section of the website for the award. Criteria for winners included demonstrating innovation and passion in work related to civic engagement, stewardship of the built and natural environment, discovery through teaching or research, and or sound governance practices and collaboration. The Civic Engagement Subcommittee of the Sustainability Committee also handed out other leadership awards. For UVA students, that's the Environmental Justice Collective. For faculty, that's Matthew Meyer, a doctor and assistant professor of anesthesiology in the School of Medicine and the UVA Health Anesthesiologist. And for staff, the Institute for Engagement and Negotiation. Visit the UVA Sustainability Committee's webpage to learn more about the awards and how they were made. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. Charlottesville Community Engagement's continued existence means that many of you support local information. How about supporting some local businesses as well? The Buy Local campaign is in full swing, and both the Albemarle and Charlottesville offices of economic development want people to consider spending locally as they shop throughout the year. The Buy Local campaign highlights small businesses within Charlottesville and Albemarle County through a multi-channel, multimedia, promotional, and educational campaign designed to reinforce how important supporting area small business is to the local economy. Locally owned, independent businesses with a brick and mortar presence in the city or county interested in being featured in the campaign should visit showlocallove.org or contact info at showlocallove.org. 
For more information on the Buy Local campaign, visit showlocallove.org or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you to Buy Local. Two more segments to go today. A weekly podcast made in Charlottesville has been nominated for the Best DIY Podcast of 2023 by the Podcast Academy. Stitch, Please is produced by Lisa Wolfork, the founder of Black Women Stitch. Here's a press release sent out by the Charlottesville anti-racist media liaisons. Launched in 2019, the Stitch, Please podcast explores the intersection of sewing, crafting, and black culture, providing a platform for black women, girls, and femmes to share their experiences and creativity in sewing. Stitch, Please comes out weekly and has over 150 episodes and has had over 425,000 downloads. The show features sewing tips, history, and interviews with black fiber artists, designers, quilters, and sewists. The AMBI Awards will be streamed live on March 7th from 9 to 10.30 p.m. East Coast time on the Amazon Music channel on Twitch. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors has endorsed a plan to convert a roadway along the Rivanna River into a car-free zone. This is called for in the Pantops Master Plan. Jessica Hirsch-Ballering is a transportation planner with Albemarle County. Freebridge Lane is a low-volume, unstriped local street that extends for approximately half a mile from Dardentau Park at the northern end to US 250 at the southern end. On Wednesday, supervisors agreed to proceed with a pilot plan to halt vehicular traffic on the road in favor of a promenade. That idea comes out of a desire from the Pantops Community Advisory Committee, a group that helped shepherd the plan. Sarah Robinson is a poet and a former member of the Pantops Community Advisory Committee. She's pleased that Albemarle County appears to be implementing the project. When I was walking by the river when I first built in Riverside Village, this vision came to me of a place that could be poetry in motion. A promenade, if you will, where cars no longer were by the river, where pedestrians and strollers and bikers and bird watchers could envision seeing the river, enjoying the beauty of the river. The promenade is one of two design concepts for how to transform Freebridge Lane. The other is converting it to a one-way street, but staff is recommending a pilot project to test out the concept. We have about 15 feet um, for the promenade, and this promenade space would be shared by bicyclists and pedestrians. There's a lot of space left over for amenities on either side, as well as a bioretention area, which gets at um, that stormwater management component that was identified in the Pantops master plan. If the project goes forward as a permanent idea, there would be parking lots at either end. If this was to become a reality, Albemarle County would need to take ownership of the roadway from the Virginia Department of Transportation. Staff wants to proceed with the promenade. We'd like to direct the consulting team to develop a final concept design and cost estimate for a free bridge lane promenade. 
The pilot project would make the minimum necessary improvements to close the road to vehicular traffic. There's no cost estimate yet for what that might cost, and Hirsch Ballering said supervisors would need to formally approve the pilot once it is developed. Dick Ruffin is the chair of the Pantop CAC, and he asked supervisors to imagine Freebridge Lane in the summer of 2033 if they decide to proceed. Ten years hence. The promenade is alive and active, full of people, young and old. Public art and other amenities go along that stretch from Dardentau down to Riverbend. Through the efforts of a new Pantops trail crew, invasive species have been largely eliminated, mostly mitigated in that stretch. The Old Mill Trail is now open all the way to North Milton. Ruffin's vision also includes a small pedestrian bridge across the river, allowing people to walk to a restaurant on the west side of the river in Charlottesville. Different trails from all across Pantops lead to this area. More importantly, Ravana River has become a focal point for this community. Ruffin said supervisors' decision to proceed with the promenade will help that vision come to fruition. The idea has the support of Rivanna District Supervisor B. Lepisto Kirtley. I think this is something that we can give back to the community, a beautiful, beautiful uh, promenade space uh, for everyone. Hirsch Ballering said staff cannot just move the project forward without that cost estimate, which will be generated as part of the pilot design. You're going to hear more about this in future editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement. You want to guess which number? Let me know. Another day, another podcast. When will the next one be out? At this point, really not sure. Maybe tomorrow? Maybe Monday? There's a lot of work to do at Town Crier Productions, including the week ahead, real estate research, and a weekly story for Seville Weekly. It's a busy life, and I'm grateful to have the support of so many to keep it going. Would you like to join them? Sign up for a paid subscription through Substack at either the $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year level. Questions about what that might get you? Drop me a line, and I'll be happy to say... For now, I have to get on to mentioning that Ting supports this work, and they will match your first payment. And maybe you want faster internet. If you sign up for Ting at a link in the newsletter, you enter the promo code COMMUNITY, and you're going to get a free installation, second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. If you would like to know what's up with the feed, if there is not a new edition, there is always updates coming on the Substack chat. You will have to download an app, but it's a great way to read all of your favorite Substack publications and get messages from me about what's happening with this one. Don't have any favorite Substack publications? Download the app. You'll be sure to find something new to read. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you, PJ Sykes. Thank you, John Boy. Thank you, America. Whatever. Time to end this one. Goodbye. Here is the new ending of the song. <laughs>